Hey guys, welcome to the Remember Truth Podcast. Our hope is to inspire you to hide God's Word in your heart through scripture memorization. Each week, we will cover a new piece of scripture and memorize it as a community. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So join us as we learn the Word of God together. Hey, Senia. Hey, Rizal. What's up? Nothing much. Just enjoying our Sunday morning here. Big news on our front. Levi has taken his first steps. Woo! Oh, my gosh. Are you just the proudest mom? So proud. It's so <laughs> sweet to just see him grow and learn new things. He has been taking actually to like, he's getting to the point now where he understands that he can walk and so wow. like, end up on her on his own and start walking and try to get from one place to another. <gasps> so he is 14 months. And so it's time, but I'm just <laughs> like, I'm so excited that he's finally doing that. And we're just so proud of him. That is amazing. Yeah. Trevor sent Nate a video of him walking or taking a few steps yesterday. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? Like, why didn't Rizal tell me about this before? But he just looks like such a big boy taking his steps. He's so cute. He's doing so well. You know, he's just the sweetest. And yeah, I just love seeing him grow and just grow into his personality as well. He's the best. I love him. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. We had quite morning here in New York. Um, Today, this morning, I guess it's maybe still going on. It might have ended by now is the New York City Marathon. And I don't know. One thing that's really cool is that I feel like this is this is, you know, I'm in my third year of living in New York and I finally feel ownership over the city. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think I've like seen the New York Marathon in the past. I'm like, oh, that's so cool for them. But today, I was like, these are my people. This is my city. Mm-hmm. Like the whole mm-hmm. city kind of goes crazy because obviously like the marathon is it's a long distance. And so a lot of streets got to shut down. Subways don't go to all the same places. Oh, anyway, wow. on my way to church, I like, you know, was kind of directly in their path. So I stopped and took pictures of people and took videos. And then I walked to church and there's like 10 people from church standing outside, just cheering people on. Um, oh, wow. I got this really sweet video. This woman had um, like a confetti popper and I was uh-huh. recording and she like, you know, shot the cannon or whatever. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> the confetti popper all over the runners. And they're just like screaming, like so happy. Wow. Um, it was just a beautiful beautiful moment you know um, that sounds cool because it sounds like it's like a community event even if you're not running in it everyone totally. feels like okay my role is to encourage today yeah you know that is so cool you no know, in the runners um will put like tape on their shirts and write their names so mm-hmm. you just read their names and you're like go nancy like you just <laughs> no but it's so sweet because they hear you and will look at you and smile and you can tell wow. that it really keeps them going um yes. yeah so we actually had two runners from our church like two people okay. who were running and we like didn't know how was it going to work out we didn't know if we would be able to go down there and see them just because the timing of church um but Nate actually taught today which is so fun at church and he finished a little bit earlier than we normally do so our entire church got to go downstairs no and way. a few of us saw um one of the runners but almost our entire church party was down there for the second runner. And it was just the sweetest moment. Um, We all had our cameras and like, we're taking pictures and cheering, cheering them on. And it really did feel like a community effort. It was just so fun to celebrate people in in this like 
awesome accomplishment that they've been working for for so long. It takes a lot of discipline to run a marathon. So shout out to all the runners. You guys are yes. you're amazing. I'm so proud of you. But yeah, it was a really eventful morning. It was so fun. Uh, I love that so much. Hey, maybe next year you can run. In no, <laughs> keep me accountable. I'm not kidding. After seeing the excitement Aww. around it, I was like, Nate, I want to run. He said, I do too. So we got to <gasps> start. You guys, you guys definitely do that. I, I feel like you have to. It's it, like a bucket list thing. Exactly. I said, before we leave New York, we both have to run the New York marathon. And yes, I think we might do it. We'll keep you posted. Okay, wait, is it half or full? And do you have an option? It is full. Oh. Okay. That's <laughs> Which I'm not That's a, a runner. <laughs> I'm not a runner, but Rizal and I did train for a half marathon in college and it, mm-hmm. it was tough, but honestly not as tough as I thought it would be. It does take a lot of yeah. discipline and endurance, mm-hmm. but, um, you can build that up over time. So we'll see, we'll see if we'll be out there next year. But anyway, it's just a really fun day. And if you do, I'll come see you. How about that? Oh my gosh. You have to, <laughs> are you kidding? Of yeah. course you have There's to. an incentive. Yes. Um, but anyways, one of those days where it was like, wow, I can't believe I live here. The city's so fun. So cool. You know? So I love that. Well, you know what? Our verse this week actually is dealing with community. So I think it's perfect that this morning you felt a part of your community in New York. And today we're going to talk about community as well. Yes. Right. So would you like to read the verse for everyone? I would. Okay, so this week, guys, we are doing James 5.16, the NIV version. And it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Amazing. I'm going to pray for us really quickly and then dive into the context a little bit and we can just have a really fun discussion on this verse. God, we just thank you so much for our time together. Every time that I just sit down in front of the mic with my sister, I feel really grateful um, that we have the freedom to talk about your word, that we have the freedom to dive into it and learn more about you, God. And, And I really do feel as we discuss your word, God, that we are transformed, that I see how beneficial it is, God, how transformative your word is to us. So I just pray for anyone who is listening today that they would feel encouraged by the scripture, God, that you would um, convict them if you need to convict them, God, that you would just, um, yeah, speak to them directly, God, because you know all of our hearts um, so intimately. So we love you and we praise you for this time. Amen. Amen. Okay, y'all. So this verse is also in James. Last week, we discussed a verse in James as well. Um, And so we know that James is a brother of Jesus, and he is the one who wrote this book. Um, And a lot of this book is James encouraging believers to endure trials because we know that that's just a part of life, right? We live in a broken world and things aren't always perfect. And so with that, we experience struggles, we experience suffering. And so his motivation for us is to look to the Lord in those things, um, to rely on the people around us. And in this book, he also focuses a lot on prayer, um, just praying throughout your life when you're going through the difficult things, um, when you're not going through difficult things. And so in this verse that we are reading, he says to confess our sins to each other and to pray for each other so that we may be healed. He says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So James wants us to understand the power in prayer, the ability that it has to transform our situations, even when 
when they're really tough. So during our time together, we're going to be talking a lot about confession um, mm-hmm. because what he's asking us to do is to confess our sins to each other. So before we dive into our conversation, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what confession means um, because I don't think that this is something that all believers do. You know, it's a discipline that we should be doing, but it's not something that's um, super normal, you know, in our everyday life. So I love a website called Got Questions. I don't know. Um, I think we've talked about it on this on this podcast a tiny bit, but it's just a really great website. If you have any questions about the Bible, anything that you come across, go to Got Questions, type it in, and we they just have got a lot of great um, little articles that you can read for answers there. So I just typed in, what is confession? <laughs> and this is what their website says. Confession of sin is the admission of what we did and the agreement with God that our actions or words were wrong. When we confess our sins, we are admitting that we violated God's law. We admit that what we chose to do, say, or think something was opposed to God's will, and we stand guilty before him. Um, And then related to confession is repentance, whereas confession involves admitting something that was wrong, repentance involves a desire to change course. So that's just word for word from mm-hmm. got questions. And I think that's so helpful. Confession is just acknowledging that we fell short, acknowledging that we sinned against the Lord, speaking that out loud, bringing that to the Lord, bringing that to other people. And then with confession comes repentance, the desire that we want to change and no longer do the thing that we did, right? Because we feel um, we feel sadness over our sin. You know, it's not something we want to continue doing. And so I think that those definitions are just super helpful. Amazing. Wow. Thank you so much for going so in depth in explaining confession. You're so right. This is something that isn't super common. Yeah. Um, it's not easy to confess our sins to one another because in that we are admitting that we are not perfect people. I think it's so vulnerable to open up and admit the things that we may be doing wrong. I think a lot of the times the enemy you know, he wants to isolate us in our sin. He wants to make us feel as though we are alone, um, as if no one else is struggling with the sin that we are. And it's so dangerous when we are in that mindset because it leads to more destruction. And especially if you are, you know, feeling ashamed and you're not including other people in on it, I think it's so much easier than to continue doing it because you don't have any accountability. You don't have people praying for you, right? And this verse says that prayer is what leads to healing. It's the admission of it and the community praying for you that leads to healing. I watched a video that Jenny Allen, it was a sermon that she gave at Passion last year, and it was on, you know, confessing our sins, throwing off our sins. And something that she said just struck accord with me. And she said, sin doesn't shrink. It only grows. Mm. You kill sin or it will kill you. And I just thought that was so powerful. I think sometimes we can downplay the like severity of our sin. The truth is, and we know this in the word that sin does lead to death. And so if we are not confessing it, if we're not bringing it to the light, it will lead to more and more destruction. Mm. Yes. And It's just like you mentioned, it's a tough thing to do, right? Because Mm -hmm. we don't like to expose ourselves. We don't like to share the things that we struggle with, our deepest, darkest (laughs) secrets, you know, what our 
inner thoughts are. It can be scary to put ourselves on display and to think, what if I'm judged? What if people think less of me because I struggle with this? What if people um, don't want to be my friend anymore? What if they don't trust me as much? There's a lot of fears that can come with that, but you're so right. It's just so important that we take our... sin seriously, but that we also don't let Satan deceive us into thinking that we're the only ones struggling, right? I think a lot of the power that comes with telling people the things that you're struggling with is recognizing that you're not alone because the moment that you're vulnerable, vulnerability breeds vulnerability. You're going to tell someone something that you're um, struggling with in your life and guess what? They're going to want to confess as well. And so it's really just a beautiful picture of we're all in this together. We're all sinful and we all need the Mm -hmm. Lord to save us. I mean, that's why we have Jesus. And I think a verse that goes so perfectly with this is in, uh, it's first John five through 10. And it's kind of lengthy, but I just, I just want to read it because I think it's so perfect. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him, there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. All of this is so helpful because it says that God is light and we do not live in darkness. So if you are keeping your sins to yourself, you're living in that darkness you're not intended to live in. But if you walk in the light, if you ex- expose those sins, you say them out loud, you bring them to people and let them know that you need help, then that fellowship it's really deep, right? You can develop such meaningful, deep friendships with people when you're honest about where you are in your life. And then it says the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. So let's not deceive ourselves and say that we don't struggle because we have all fallen short. It says, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just be real with one another. We know that we're not perfect and there's so much freedom and going to a group of people that you can trust and saying, here I am, here's all of me. I I need to be comforted. I need to be reminded of the truth that I'm loved and forgiven in Jesus. Will you please remind me of that truth? That is such a good point. And I think that when we are preparing our hearts to confess, we have to have in mind that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we don't have to feel ashamed. We don't have to feel alone. We we know that we are already forgiven. Confession doesn't save us, but confession is a step into healing. The reason that confession is so important, it's not so that you let out all your dirty secrets. The whole point of it is that when we confess, we are reminded of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he wrote a book called Life Together. And in it, he talks about community and there's an entire chapter on confessing to one another. And he says about confession, that it's a daily reality of death of a sinner before God and life that comes out of that death through grace. And so when we are confessing our sins, we are dying to that sin. And instead it is being replaced by life and we're receiving grace. And so the whole point of it is that when we share it, the people that we are sharing it with, that they respond with grace and love. 
And they remind us that we're forgiven, that there is no condemnation Mm -hmm. in our sin, that Mm -hmm. we are made new, that our identity is not found in the things that we struggle with, but it's found in being a child of the Lord and that he loves us and that he's already died so that we wouldn't have to be slaves to our sin. Yeah, no, that's so good because I think when I hear the word confession, I sometimes get a little pit in my stomach. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so hard. I have to go to people that I really respect and admire and say something that might impact our relationship or the way they view me. And when I'm going into it that in that manner, I think that there's a lot of pride and fear tied to it. Mm-hmm. But if we have a good understanding that truly confession is meant to just be a celebration of the gospel to admit our wrongdoing and then to remind ourselves that it's okay because we have a savior who stepped in who is perfect who was perfect on our behalf so we're still loved we're still extended so much grace and so mercy i mean the scriptures say that his mercy is in you every morning so if we see confession as a way to just celebrate what God has done for us while it, while admitting that we did something that was against the Lord's will. I think that we'll come into it with just a much better perspective and almost, um, yeah, just a sense of security and freedom that like I'm doing this so that I can be known, but also so that I may be healed and the people around me can just encourage me and remind me that my identity is not found in the things that I did incorrectly, but in a savior who is absolutely perfect and died for me so that I don't have to have, so that I don't have to be burdened by the ways that I do fall short. Yeah, that's so good. Confession in community, like you said before, really does add a level of just like fellowship Yeah. When we transition from, okay, we are in a community group of believers to, no, actually we're a, we're a group of sinners who are in desperate need of the Lord. Mm. It's just so powerful because then we can come without putting up a facade that we are perfect Christians and that everything that we do is righteous and holy. And like, we're just living our best lives. Like that's just not the case. And Mm -hmm. the truth is that we are broken. And so I think that when we come to a group of community, just putting our walls down and being open about the fact that we are not perfect, I think it just leads to a level of depth. Senia, I know you've shared with me that you actually do this a lot and and it's a practice that you guys do in your community group. Do you have any stories that you want to share about, you know, confessing sins to one another? Yeah, I just want to start off by saying that confession of sin can be very uh, wide. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like your deepest record secret. Like you did something so horrible in order for you to confess. It can be like, Oh, I had a mean thought about my boss today. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I know that that was unkind and it was hurtful. The thought that I was mm-hmm. having, and I just want to let you guys know, like I'm struggling in that relationship. Will you please pray for me? Um, yeah. and so if I get into an argument with Nate and I say a mean word, um, if I call him a name and I, and I feel heavy and I feel burdened by that because I know I shouldn't treat him that way and I should love him and speak to him in a manner that encourages him, then I'll go to community group and I'll say, hey, this was really unkind of me. I We were in an argument and I called Nate this and this. Will you please pray for me and keep me accountable to not doing that again next time that I'm angry? Um, and so I do think it's important that when we're in community that we are specific with our confession, right? We want them to know exactly what happened so that they can 
they can pray for us in that situation. They can keep us accountable um, mm-hmm. wherever in a situation where it may happen again. But I do have an example that I want to share. A few months ago, Nate and I went on a double date with um, a couple that we absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And I can t- I just tend to be an insecure person. And so after spending time with this couple, and actually during the double date, I started feeling really insecure and I was comparing myself to my friend. And I just kept thinking, wow, she has all these gifts that I don't have. And she's so funny. And my husband's really encouraging her. And that's making me feel like maybe I'm not good enough. And I just had all of these thoughts that were a huge mm-hmm. bummer because I felt like it was just stealing joy from that interaction yeah. from our time together. So I went home and I actually, gosh, my heart was just so ugly and I could just feel some resentment towards my husband and towards my friend. And to be clear, Nate did nothing wrong. He was being so kind to her and like encouraging it. And I want my husband to be that way with all women. Um, yes. But because I have issues and insecurities, my heart received it in a different way. So for about a day, I really struggled and I was just angry that I, that I, um, felt like I wasn't good enough. And I was comparing myself to someone who just was better than me in certain areas. So anyway, I could tell that it was causing um, distance in our relationship. I could tell that I was having thoughts about our friendships that weren't, that weren't great. And they just weren't honoring to the Lord. So we had community group the next week or the next day. And I was so afraid to tell her that I felt envious of her. I was so afraid to tell her, um, the thoughts that I was having, the feelings that I was having, but I knew that one, it was, I was going to be obedient by confessing that sin. And then two, I just, I just have read so many times in scripture that when you bring things to the light, you really can be healed and it just takes the power away from sin. And so I wanted that to happen. I didn't want to have these feelings and thoughts anymore. So I shared with her and I said, this makes me really uncomfortable. Never had to tell someone this before, but I'm was envious of you. I am envious of you. I really struggled that evening. Um, comparing myself to you. And I feel like it's just causing this ugliness in my heart that I need to confess. And of course, she was so gracious and so kind and said, I'm so sorry you were feeling that way. I hate that you felt insecure when we were hanging out together. Um, Thank you so much for telling me. I forgive you for having these feelings. Um, And then she also said, gosh, I went home and I felt like maybe I was too much. Like maybe my personality Mm -hmm. was too much during our time Mm -hmm. together. So I felt a little weird about about our time together as well. Um, And honestly, that I think just that honesty and vulnerability and just getting things out there, not trying to protect my self-image, not being uh, afraid of people's reactions really just helped our friendship get even stronger and um, our relationship get even deeper because we were able to tell each other how we were feeling and then get encouragement from it. She didn't want me to feel that way. Mm -hmm. I didn't want her to feel that way. We love each other, but sometimes we just have thoughts that aren't encouraging. We have thoughts that aren't Mm -hmm. um, from the Lord and that's okay because, you know, we're just broken people, but to say it to one another really just gave us the opportunity to um, leave it in the past and move forward. And so I just, I just loved that. I was able to be honest with her obviously with the help of the Holy Spirit and we were able to just move past that. And I, yeah, it, it's great when confession really does lead to redemption and a healing of a situation. That is such a beautiful example. And I, that's exactly why we confess to one another. When you were alone with your thoughts, you were believing I'm not enough. 
in comparison to this person. She's so much better than me. And alone with her thoughts, she was believing I'm too much. And if you guys would have not come together and confessed your thoughts um, about how you were struggling with your identity, then the Lord would not be able to grow that relationship and begin to heal your thoughts because you reminded her that she's not too much and she's exactly who God made her to be. Mm -hmm. And she reminded you the same thing. And that's why we confess to one another because we need to be reminded of the truth of the gospel and of our identity in the Lord. Such an encouragement for me to be bold and honest when I have things that I'm struggling with as well to go ahead and confess it to my group. I think it's so easy for us to, and I'm guilty of this, to want to just confess to the Lord and not bring it to other people. But this verse makes it very clear that we need to confess to one another. And so in some sense, you know, although the Lord is the one who forgives us, it's so much more powerful when we are able to share it with other people. In us just sharing it with the Lord we might just be forgiving ourselves, right? We might just be like deceiving ourselves that we are forgiven and we may do it over and over and over again. But when we confess to other people, there is a level of accountability. Again, Bonhoeffer in his book, Life Together says, who can give us certainty that in the confession and forgiveness of our sins, we are not dealing with ourselves, but with the living God. God gives us a certainty through our brother. He breaks the cycle of self-deception. And so I do think it's so important that we do share it with other people, that we don't just keep it to ourselves, that we're not just confessing to the Lord, but that we bring people into it who can really tell us, hey, you're forgiven and this is not your identity. Yes, that is so good. Just in confession to others, I think that we're allowing that healing to come full circle, right? Because I think at times if we are just only sharing it with the Lord, it might just be because we're trying to protect ourselves from mm -hmm. something we're trying to preserve our self-image you know we're trying to keep mm -hmm. things in the dark because we don't want other people to know so i think it's just a great question to ask yeah. yes confess your sins to the lord that because that's a command as well but why are you afraid to bring other people in um mm -hmm. i also think it's important because we're you know we're encouraging people to confess sin but it's important to note that you don't just confess sin to anyone in any space, you know, it's important that you evaluate who you're sharing your struggles with. Um, it's someone you can trust. It's someone who, you know, is going to encourage you, um, keep you accountable. Someone who's going to remind you of the gospel, someone who's going to remind mm -hmm. you of truth in scripture. Someone who's also going to push you to be obedient to the Lord when you need to be pushed. Um, mm -hmm. recently, Rizal, you told me about something that you and Trevor started doing as a family. Um, and mm -hmm. although he's not your, you know, community, he is your husband. He's someone that you really trust. And I think that what you guys do could be implemented into a lot of other circles. So I would love to hear, um, yeah, just this new thing that you've been doing with, um, yeah, just opening up to Trevor a little bit more. Of course. So we, Trevor is a part of a, um, entrepreneur, father, husband, group and he went to a retreat for a few days and I love it because they just encourage one another in entrepreneurship and being fathers and husbands and one of the things that a lot of the men in that group do is they practice um, this idea of repentance and we talked about repentance a little bit different confession is just you know telling of your sins and then repentance is I want to turn away. I want to change and be different. And so we decided as a family, we want to have this practice of repentance. And truthfully, we don't do it as much as I, I believe that we should, but it's a very simple 
process. So when there is something that you have realized that you are struggling with, let's say gossip. So I'll go to Trevor and I'll say, Hey, today I really struggled with talking badly about one of my friends. And this is something that um, I just want to confess to you. And I want to bring before you and repent. And then the person who is hearing the confession responds with reminding that person that they're forgiven. And so he'll say to me, Rizel, you are forgiven. And then he'll pray for me and he'll say, Lord, we take away any spirit of gossip or malice or a hardened heart towards her friend. And we want to replace, replace it with love. We want to replace it with self-discipline and with understanding and peace and patience. And Mm -hmm. so you're just reminding that person, this is not you, this is not your identity, but let's, let's replace it with the identity of who you are in the Lord. And then the last step is just to tell them to be free. And so you've already told them you're forgiven. You've told them their identity in the Lord, and then you tell them to be free. And that is the whole purpose of confession and repentance is that we're reminded of the gospel. And in the end that we're told that we don't have to live in that sin anymore. We don't have to let it weigh us down. We don't have to um, continue to think about it and feel um, guilty or shame about it, but we can live in freedom knowing that our identity is not found in our sin, but it's found in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's such a beautiful practice and something that I want to implement with my kids as well. I think it's important that as the hearer of like a confession, um, that we're never horrified by the sin that mm-hmm. we never have in our mind. Oh my gosh, I, I could never do that. I'm, I like, and it never makes us see that person differently, but instead that because we have experienced the cross and because we know that we are also sinners and that we also are not deserving of God's love, that we would respond with grace and with love and, um, forgiveness that, and so I think it's so important that we check our hearts when we are listening to someone who is confessing, making sure that we aren't being prideful and that we understand, Hey, we're all the same. Yeah, We've all sinned before the Lord and we all, um, receive the same grace and mercy and love from him. And so I'm going to give that to this person who is clearly coming to me with a hard thing and who mm-hmm. is doing it very bravely and who is mm-hmm. be doing it out of obedience to the Lord. Gosh, that's so good. That's yeah. You just said so many good things there, but you're right. Someone who is confessing is being obedient. They're being brave. They're sharing something that's so hard to share and they feel the weight of their sin. If they didn't, they wouldn't be confessing it. And so as someone who's listening to them, it's not your job to <laughs> make them feel worse about this, their sin, right? They're, they feel the burden of it already. And all they're doing mm-hmm. is coming to tell you it so that you're aware and they can be free from it. So I just love that saying you are forgiven in the Lord and you are free in the Lord because mm-hmm. all of your sins have been covered and you're still right. We know what happened at the cross. We know that Christ once and for all completed his work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that he took on all all of the burden of our sin and in him we we are made new. And so th- this person has been 
been made new. We're not, we're no longer, um, yeah, going to keep them bound by their sin. That's not, that's not our place. Our place is to remind them of the freedom that they have in Jesus to release any shame they may be feeling, any, any insecurity, any doubt that they may be feeling. We really just want to be people who remind them of truth and who really just say, rest, rest in Jesus, feel secure, be free because, um, all of that's been taken care of already. So if you are listening to this and you're saying to yourself, wow, I've never done that. I didn't know I was supposed to be doing that. I didn't know that was part of the Christian walk. It's okay. There's a grace for that. But I would encourage you to find a trusted friend who knows the Lord, who follows him. Um, confess your sin to that person. Let them know what you're struggling with. And together you can you can pray for one another. You can encourage each other um, and just remind yourselves of, of the gospel. And that really, truly just leads to a... a depth in friendship that you don't get in a lot of other places, right? A security, hopefully in a friendship where you can share vulnerably with each other and not be judged, but be loved and encouraged. And it will lead to healing because scripture says that it will. And so we believe that God will do that. We believe that through confession, through repentance, through bringing our sins out of the darkness and into light, that he will restore us, right? That he will help us walk through these things. Um, and like the verse says, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's what we want, right? We just want to be reminded that Jesus is our righteousness and we want to be encouraged. Um, so yeah, I would encourage you to do that, to spend some time asking the Lord what it is that you need to confess. Um, and then making sure that you have trusted believers around you that you can do this with. That's so good. And I hope that people are encouraged to confess. The last point that I want to make about confessing is we don't want to do it flippantly, right? When we choose to confess, it's because in our hearts, um, the Lord has convicted us to do it and we have decided that we want to change. And so if we're confessing the same sin over and over and over and over again, and we're not, um, willing to surrender it or to take steps to actually change the confession is not actually helpful. And so I think it's, we need to take our confession very seriously. It's not something that we're doing just because we know that we're supposed to do it, but we're doing it because the Lord is actually convicting us and we have a desire to change. That's so good. We want to be serious um, about our sin. Like you said, we want to take it seriously. And we also want to take the gospel seriously, right? We want to, um, yeah, be honest with those around us and know that um, although we have been forgiven, that we're called to live in a way that honors the Lord, right? Because once we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, it transforms us. And so we desire to live in a way that honors the Lord. And so that is, again, part of confession as well, that repentance piece that you want to look more like Jesus. So we hope that this podcast has been encouraging to you. We hope that you have just been reminded of the truth of the gospel as well, that we all need Jesus, that we all have fallen short, but that God tells us that he um, extends mercy to us every single day for all of our shortcomings. None of it does he keep on record because Jesus died for us. So if you believe that truth, you have been made new. You are not defined by your sin. You have been cleansed and you 
you are righteous because Jesus is righteous. And because we have that understanding of the gospel, we have the freedom to be honest about who we are. We have the freedom to be vulnerable with others around us. We love you. We are praying for you. We hope that this um, verse in this podcast has been an encouragement to you. A reminder that we will be doing this bi-weekly now. And so we won't see you next week, but the week after that, meet us back here as we memorize another piece of scripture. We love you guys. You are forgiven and you are free. We will see you in two weeks as we memorize a new piece of scripture together. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at remember.truth and you can join our Remember Truth Facebook group. The purpose of the group is to foster accountability and create community around memorizing scripture. Click the link in our show notes and head over to join. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so you never miss an episode. See y'all next week.